HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by Mezcal Ultramundo. Ultramundo is a Mezcal brand owned by a family without any real historic connections to Mezcal heritage. Instead, their connection is to nature. They own a 24,000-acre ranch that has been used to graze cattle. It's a beautiful wild place. Everywhere you turn, it's a sea of coyotes. Fresh coyotes, old coyotes, fallen coyotes just sprouting coyotes, and specifically from Miguel Lamparillo, variety that takes something like 15 to 18 years to reach maturity. Now, there's a lot to talk about with this brand, but I'm reluctant to do that because whatever I say will divert your attention from what I believe is the truly important story, those 24,000 acres of wild agave. You know, we spend a lot of time in this industry talking about sustainability, but the truth is any spirit being shipped out of the community in which it's made isn't truly sustainable. The fossil fuels needed to make the glass bottles and to physically ship them aren't sustainable. So no brand of spirit you're drinking is truly sustainable. I tend to instead look for practices that move us as an industry, move us as a species closer to sustainability. And Ultramundo's harvesting practices are a great example of exactly that. The experts who visited their ranch have suggested that so long as they limit their annual harvest to no more than 80% of what reaches maturity, they'll have a self-sustaining supply of this long-growth agave. Every time I return to Oaxaca, more and more of it is monoculture espadine. Row after row after row of these farmed agave are replacing wildlands where so many diverse plants once thrived alongside so many diverse insects, animals, and bacteria. And I get it. I understand why that happens. And I'm not suggesting we should all stop drinking Oaxacan espadine, but I am saying we need to see more projects like Ultramundo, projects that preserve the biodiversity of our planet. Ultramundo is available now in the USA, everywhere via mail order for consumers, and at wholesale in California for bars, restaurants, and liquor stores. If you believe in preserving wildlands and believe in preserving biodiversity, but still want to drink delicious mezcal, please give Ultramundo a try. Learn more at ultramundo.mx. That's U-L-T-R-A-M-U-N-D-O dot M-X. So much of what we do creates a carbon wake that is, given the structure of our modern world, nearly unavoidable. 
but we can minimize that wake by making diverse choices. I'm Lou Bank. I am Cha Parivan. This is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, in rural Mexico. And today we're going to talk about the main character of this podcast, which is agave. <laughs> right? <laughs> and how it is made into agave spirits yeah, in rural <laughs> well, Mexico. Well, no, actually, actually the, the, we're going to take a... I think, I think that both possibilities that happen to the agave, right? Either it becomes booze or it creates babies. Well, yeah, you know, that's like the kernel of this. And I, so, okay, so in essence, right, you've got this plant Mm -hmm. and the plant, like all other plants, has one purpose in life. Uh, Tastes amazingly well. You know, uh, one purpose in life, which is to reproduce, to yeah, have yeah, babies, yeah. which is, you know, pretty much all things, all living things. Except Lubank. Because... And Chama Peribon. <laughs> yeah, seems like it. <laughs> right. So, it, it, like, it wants to make babies. And in order to make babies, right, it has to burn up energy. And that energy is sugar, in essence. Yep. They can be fermentable. Well, they can be eaten by yeast and convert into alcohol and then separate from water and make beautiful things. Right, right, right. Okay, so, you know, my I, I, for, for the longest time, I've been saying an agave can be used for either thing. And I'm, now I'm starting to come around to the idea that, hang on, maybe you can do both things with it. What, babies and booze? Babies and booze. <laughs> this is going to be censored. <laughs> Who the hell is going to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just like it sounds weird. But yeah, well, no, how, how? I mean, the only iteration of what you're referring to that I've ever heard, and I do have to go back to that interview and, and find a quote, and we're making an episode about that. But it's when I interviewed the guys from Ecuador doing, uh, what's the name of it? Miss, uh, Chaguar? Pulque. Not Chaguar. Ch- yeah, well, Chaguar. And they, they had another thing anyway. that they do. Yeah, in anyway. Future Chava, we'll in tell the future Chava. Say Future Chava. What was it called? This is Future Chava. The drink from Ecuador, of which I couldn't remember its name, is Chaguar Miski, which will be almost the exact same as Pulque in Mexico. Groovy. Thanks, dude. Great. So, uh, those guys actually do let the agave flower while they're scratching its center to make pulque. Right. So, they, they can do both. And that's the iteration that I know. Did I just ruin your episode? No, 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 not at oh. all, not at all. Um, you know, and, and in fact, it's sort of where uh, this idea first came to me is because hanging out at uh, uh, Rancho Loma Ancha, right, mm-hmm. the Tinacal, where they're making pulque south of Mexico City, um, a number of times that I've been there, I'll walk around with the Tinacalero, and he'll be harvesting aguamiel from these plants, and I'd say every 10th or 11th plant has a little baby quixote coming out of it. And, mm. right? And a couple of times he's torn them out and given them to me. And they taste terrific in omelets the next morning. Yay, mm. thank you very much. Um, but that also made me think about as I'm looking at the plants, like they're so densely packed that it's clear that some of these agave that it, from which he's harvesting the aguamiel that'll make the pulque, some of them have little offshoots, have the little ihuelos. Ihuelo. 
Yeah, close enough. Yeah, it, okay. it was pretty good pronunciation, Shava. Yeah, um, so they like they they oftentimes will have the iuelos. Yes. So, so okay, well, so that's yeah, reproduction, yeah, yeah. and you know, and and so as I see that, I'm seeing a plant that's burning up some of its energy that it, they could be using to make booze, and it, so it's making babies and it's making booze. So are you saying that the huelo is like the parachute of the agave? It knows it's destined to death, and it's throwing this uh, emergency system in order to make children while being, you know. Yeah, it's it's doing that, and it's creating a second. Obviously, not every agave does this, but it's it's doing that, and it's also uh, throwing up a second quixote. And you know, it makes me think about when when um, when mescaleros capone agave yeah, yeah, yeah right is that giving the i'm not saying they're doing this intentionally but does that give the agave a like greater chance of reproducing mm. i mean that's uh, and in 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 doing so is it is the mescalero unwittingly reducing the potential yield of the plant because the plant's burning up the energy well that's that's i mean we had this quote from lobo de la sierra uh many episodes ago where he contradicts the common notion that Capone will yield more and will make him better mezcal. Right. He says that it actually would lose energy. And he's talking in the very specific case of Maximiliana. So we have asked this question consistently around Mexico and everybody else but him right. has told us that. But also we have to remember that Lobo de la Sierra is a very special mind in the <laughs> industry. And honestly, he's one of the most organized producer that I've known. If there's someone counting and really understanding what's happening, uh his 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 he's a, a good reference. It's it's also interesting to me because you know like it's it's becoming we we talk of the juelos almost like bad guys now, right? Because the seedlings or the agaves that come out of seeds supposedly are the ones that not supposedly like that's a pretty much a fact. They tend to have more genetic diversity right and therefore they will be more resilient toward plagues towards all kinds of stress factors that could that will kill a agave that well, that don't doesn't have that well stress factors i'm actually not sure it's more well, about plagues well hang on so let me push back against that a little oh, bit because i like and and when i say push back really this is me asking questions because you're gonna understand this better than i do but i don't know that I would say that the Iwelos are um, uh, genetically less resilient. What I would suggest is if you only have a field of Iwelos and one thing hits, like one disease hits, all of and it's and and one of them is susceptible, they're all susceptible, right? But but that's different than being weaker than the <sighs> seedling. Right. Well, well, that, that that is now that you say that, I think that some sometimes I get angry at ourselves because we, I, I think we don't ask enough questions to have the the full understanding of things. So, <laughs> like, what, what when does that like how many generations of of hijuelos do you need to have so that you have a weaker population? So, say you have a population of a hundred percent agaves that were uh, grown out of seeds. Mm-hmm. And then the second generation, it's only juelos. Yeah, is like and which then the is third the third generation and the fourth generation? Wh- wh- like which is the percentage of uh, fragility that's of the first to the fifth to the tenth? Because you're so you're you're suggesting the opposite of what I'm saying. 
what that they become more and more like the idea is like they they they're more closely related. So if a play comes like the the same genes are gonna have the same uh, defense mechanisms, uh, you're gonna have the weird kids in the middle that are gonna stop the plague. It's gonna kill them all really fast. Right, but but there again, like it that's different. That's different than being genetically weaker. Well, no, no, it's not being genetically weaker. That's that's sort of my point. It's not that. I mean, what does genetically weaker means anyway? Well, I, 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 you know, I think that means like, you know, in the case of humans, right? Like, well, you know, let me, let me so, <laughs> you're going to get into trouble. Yeah, no, I really am. Come on, kid. Being from West Virginia, I don't know, this is a, a road I want to go down. But, um, you know, I, I, I think there are, there are uh, genetic weaknesses in some people, for whatever reason, are you going to say that like uh, Alzheimer propends agave? I, I wasn't, <laughs> but but kind of that, or kind of like, and and maybe this is you know we really need a geneticist to finish this episode. <laughs> well, but, uh, <laughs> but but you know I you know like you you've taken it in a different direction uh, uh, than I certainly intended but you know I I think the the relevant question here for me is I'm not saying everything should come from Uelos but if you can if you can get both the uh, the baby and the booze from an agave depending on where you are and if you're talking about a species that that's at risk well, this is and this is goes that like I mean the origin of everything that you're saying and correct me if I'm wrong. It's related to the idea that we are at a moment where more agaves need to be planted, like like it's <laughs> right like like oh. that, that 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 is uh, sort of a and and I will really push back against that. Well, <laughs> I think in certain communities, if they wish to continue. Producing at the level that they are now in terms of tequila and mezcal, that yeah, they do need to. But you know, this is this is our ongoing conversation. I don't think either you or I want to see those specific communities making more, let alone as much as they're making right now. And you know, but, who are we to say that? But but in the case, I, I guess also this is. I mean, for example, in tequila, this is where this discussion is. I, it's a huge concern. And funny enough, they haven't done much about it. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. even when we were trying to buy seeds of tequila and whatever uh, in a fa- private Facebook group uh, dedicated to tequileros, everybody was mocking the hell out of us. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, you're like, oh, you silly kids, you want to plant seeds, you know, how long is that going to take to grow? Here's some hijuelos that are going to be ready in four years. Oh, so, yeah. even, you know, like, look, Let's forget about Mescal for a second because I think like it's not as aggressively urgent there. In tequila, this is I mean that that is the 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 one industry that it's really preoccupied about one plague knocking down hundreds of hectares of well, I I'd say it's preoccupied to a point. It talks about it, it doesn't do much about it. It's sort of like the weather. But you know, to go back to your uh, your your but, supposition but the, but, that yeah, that well. it's somehow more important in tequila than it is in mezcal. When I was just down there ten days ago in Oaxaca, driving from Centro to Etla mm-hmm. on the roadside, 
There was a guy with a giant stand, and what was he selling? Hijuelos. That was it. And they were just stacks and stacks and stacks of them. Yeah. My, yeah, my, but... point, my point being, as we talk about Oaxaca becoming Jalisco, Mezcal becoming tequila, I think you're starting to see those signs. And uh, sorry, we can't wait for your Espadine well, 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 seeds. But, but, but then I, I think like it all should all come down to best practices, right? So I, I guess part, part oh, of... We're, is Esteban in the room with us? <laughs> he is. No, but you know, like I hear like these percentages being used when talking about how many agaves you should leave to go to Kyotes, no? Like mm-hmm. how many should you let flower for maintaining the bat population right. and in order to get some seeds and genetic yep. diversity, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I never seen a percent, like somebody talking about percentage of, okay, this is the amount of hijuelos you can plant combined with this amount of seedlings in order to have a genetically diverse population on a field that in the case that it gets a, a, a pest, it's going to be able to be resilient. Have you ever heard anyone talk about this? No, I'd love to hear that. that was, that's a TED talk I would tune Definitely. in for. <laughs> well, no, because, you know, like everybody, like, it, it, like I really see two camps. I see that right, right, Ijuelo right. camp and the only the agave from Sith camp. Right. And honestly, you know, like we're talking about an industry that needs certain times, that needs right. certain pampering. And seats are really complicated as we have uh, <laughs> encountered ourselves in front of, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. The survival rate, they take forever, blah, blah. So if you were able to talk about, okay, this field... 20% seedlings, 80, or I don't know the percentage. Right, right. But, yeah. but, but yeah, somebody spec, God, that's a long experiment. Speculate, right? Because in essence, you need to see a collapse and then see uh, a similar field not collapse that was 50%, uh, 50-50 versus 40-60 versus 70-30. And is it, does it make any sense? Like, And this actually was a study that I once proposed, so I'm going to... Like, you know, try to get some of that glory. Uh, <laughs> no, but imagine, like, maybe it's olijuelos, which is different species. So you have a field that, are like, 20 hectares, that it's all ijuelo-based. Oh, that's interesting. And you have, have different like species, and that's what actually protects the ijuelos. So it doesn't matter that, you know, among all the arroqueños, they're all closely related, because if the plague comes, then you have the tepestatis in the middle to, you know, bully that pest. So... I don't know. Like, like these are like it's it's bizarre how sometimes these discussions happen just for the sake of discussing without trying to really distill like uh, some 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 conclusions that could be used in the fields. <laughs> okay, I like that the inconclusive conclusion. No, this was a very conclusive conclusion. Was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you you listen back to the episode and you realize that it was an inclusive conclusion. What? No, it. It was or was not. <laughs> it is. Inconclusive. Conclusive. Inconclusive. <laughs> Sorry, I'm messing with okay. you. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, adios, Colin. <laughs> yeah, hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. 
Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.